0: And now the podcast about a group of friends who had never seen Arrested Development, and the one podcaster who had no choice but to get them all together. This is Frozen Bananas
1: and Ketchup. Young and welcome to another episode of Frozen Bananas and Ketchup. This is the podcast where, if you're listening to this specific episode, I assume you've listened to at least the previous one. So I'm not going to go through my spiel this time. I'm just going to welcome my co-hosts, Gio, Charlie, and Peter. Gentlemen, welcome back. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> excellent, excellent. And joining us again is our guest from last week, Nick Hampshire. Nick from the beautiful city of Los Angeles and from the podcast Popcorn and Ketchup. Welcome back.
0: Thank you, John. I'm a whole <laughs> oh week God. older. <laughs>
1: you have aged quite a bit in that amount of time. Or are you another Maggie Lizer? Do we have Maggie Lizer on our hands here? Let's find nope, out. It's been
0: a whole week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a whole last <laughs> week. Wonderful. Well, we're happy to have you, Nick old age or not. Nick, you watched BoJack. Do you remember when that like kid kept pretending to be the old man in BoJack's acting class?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I loved that kid. We're talking about the episode called Justice is Blind. And according to IMDb, this episode is as follows. While grappling with the dilemma of whether or not to open his father's case file, Michael discovers the truth about Maggie. That is a horrible description. It's not inaccurate, but it's very, uh, it leaves a lot to be desired. And hey, fun, uh, fun news. This episode came out on my birthday in 2004, but we're not here to talk about my past. We're here to talk about Arrested Development. Justice is blind. All right, so let's jump right on in. Peter, what are your thoughts on this episode?
2: I like this episode. It wasn't, as strong i think as some of the pairing like continuation things but i did like the continuation from the last episode alter egos we saw more of julia louise dreyfus and we got the extra clarification not only is she not blind but her dog justice spoiler alert from the title is blind it wasn't as strong as some of the past pairings but i did enjoy it in general
1: all right well said well said nick what say you?
0: Oh yeah, uh, fire! I mean, uh, as you guys may remember from last week, uh, if I can remember what I said so <laughs> long ago, uh, the episodes with Julia Dreyfuss are some of my favorites. I love her character. I love her as an actress. Big Seinfeld fan, as previously stated. Uh, previously stated a week ago, and yeah, I thought they they uh, kept it kept the laughs coming. Um, this one might even be a little funnier than last week's. So top tier.
1: All right. Speaking of top tier, Nick, what is your top Seinfeld episode?
0: oof dude that is putting you on the spot tough, tough uh the finale uh prop no i'm just kidding um <laughs>
2: that no one ever. <laughs> I was going to say unpopular opinion right there.
0: <laughs> what a hot take. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Let's see. I got to say either Marine Biologist, which I know is like a super popular one. The contest is obviously like up there too. Uh, one that is a favorite of mine that is not a lot of people's favorite or it doesn't, I think, make it to the top too often, but it's really funny for me is The Deal where Jerry and Elaine try to figure out the um, Friends with Benefits arrangement. It's super That's funny. And very bizarre because that episode ends with Jerry and Elaine in a relationship. And I think is the at least in on, on Netflix is the season finale of season two. And then the next episode, it's literally just never discussed. They never mention a breakup. They never like as far as we know, at the end of that episode, they are in a relationship together. Yep. And then it never is addressed. And they're not together after that for some random reason. So yeah. That is a hilarious episode. Uh, very, a lot of good stuff in there. And as someone that navigates the friends with benefits uh, arrangement quite frequently, it is all too funny.
1: <laughs> excellent, excellent. Very good. Very good. <laughs> How about you, John? My favorite Seinfeld episodes? Uh, tough to say. I, contest is definitely up there. I'd probably just defer to the contest uh, right off the bat, or the the one with the shrinkage. That's a good one, too.
0: I was in the pool.
3: (laughs) I was in the pool.
1: (laughs) Moving on. Charlie, we haven't heard from you yet. What are your overall thoughts on this one?
3: I enjoyed it. Um, I think I enjoyed alter egos just slightly more, but I did enjoy this one. You know, I actually probably, yeah, probably just a hair more. I don't know. I think because you you think she's blind, but then you find out that she's not blind. But I think it's kind of neck and neck regardless. I really enjoyed it. I love Elaine. Sorry, she's not even Elaine. She's she's Maggie, but I love her. I love that you do find out that she's not blind. Uh, Tobias makes a great appearance in this episode, and yeah, finding out that the dog is actually the blind one is uh, a nice little chef's kiss. So. Yeah. Good episode. Good episode.
1: Very good. And that brings us to Gio. Gio, give us your thoughts, sir. Yes,
4: I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. It was better than the last episode, in my opinion. I just uh, enjoyed Tobias uh, Funke's cat-like agilities throughout the house. It was amazing. And I liked when they sprayed cologne in her eyes or something or no perfume in her eyes. So she was actually blind for a brief moment. That's why when he threw the Bible at his fur face, you didn't catch it. She did not catch it.
2: Well he would throw the punchline in the first sentence, Gio. Yeah, I thought it was it was, Tobias as the cat was humorous, like his quote is like When he was talking about awkward adolescence and what he he didn't have that because he was like a cat, I always ended up on all fours and everyone just gave him this side look. And then (laughs) when before when Job tricked him into going into the house or whatever, he was like laying on the couch and he was like stretching like a cat and wearing like a fur vest and stuff. I'm like, that was it was funny that they were like pulling that joke along
1: and props to job for being able to stand up while tobias jumps on him from behind maybe he really is like a cat true so let's jump right on into some of the topics that we brought to the table let's start with nick nick what do you got for us you've had a whole week to think about it
0: yes a whole week (laughs) man it's hard to collect my thoughts again uh let's see i love the joke about how much maggie and uh, michael keep fucking like they're just how much sex they're having and like the whole like, oh, I gotta be at the courthouse in 30 minutes. Oh, I was supposed to be at the courthouse 30 minutes ago. Two minutes later, you know, it's gonna happen again though. And then they (laughs) fuck again, like so funny. Um, they have really good chemistry and i thought uh just really well done
1: no absolutely yeah and you could see actually we didn't mention this in the last one but how job was saying like six is more than five because michael had only slept with five one at that point
0: yeah
2: was the way that they yeah. do their callbacks so good and then the timing of the thing not only even when they go back for their i think their fourth round a little later and it was like eight minutes later they give you like the time stamp of all things like damn that was funny.
1: Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Quality stuff. And yeah, they, like Nick said, like they do have a good rapport together. You like seeing them together. It's it's fun. You're rooting for Michael and Maggie, even though their entire relationship is built on lies. Maggie lies her ass off. Yes, she does. Yes, she does.
0: We were starting to get to a place of trust there. Minus all the lies. <laughs> Charlie, what topics do you got for us?
3: I like how the episode is called Justice is Blind, and there's a lot of little like facets of that. Like. How you know?
1: Obviously, the dogs
3: blind, but you have the whole them being blind to the relationship, where they're just like, "Yeah, we're just gonna ignore this, um, and continue this this going, even though we know it's wrong." I really enjoyed that little kind of play, um, from the title. Beside that, I did enjoy the Ten Commandments uh, getting removed from the courthouse. And what's the sister's name again? Lindsay. Lindsay. Thank you. I like how she, how Michael had asked her, what are you guys gonna do with it? And she goes, I don't know, give it to a school.
2: <laughs> After saying like, she supports separation of church and state, and yeah. she like.
0: <laughs> funny there were some rules that would be handed down from us from up on high. <laughs>
2: yeah, that was funny as as they were referencing like those rules as it's being lifted on a crane before it falls down on Barry's car when he was looking for a sign. Yeah, it was, that was very funny. And I just also liked in general that Lindsay only wanted to get rid of the time commands because she walked into them. (laughs) Like it was the thing did nothing for her. She wasn't paying attention and she walked into it and then she threatened to sue and, now they're having it removed.
4: And Lucia was like, honey, they're just heels. They can only support so much weight. <laughs> Mother of the century.
2: I wanted to bring up uh,
4: something, too. Uh, Go for it. Uh, in the beginning of the episode, I think it was uh, George Michael and maybe. No, not George Michael and maybe. George Michael and Shirley. And Shirley was discussing what she has for an illness. She's like, not a lot of kids have, B- have BS these days what's George Michael's like what's that she's like I don't know it's BS
2: bullshit and she (laughs) wanted Shirley to die of BS before graduation so that people could be sad before prom yeah what a nice Nice
1: girl. And Gio, you do know that Shirley is maybe, right? Yes.
2: <laughs> just I was just going sure. with
1: it. I was <laughs> going with it. Just make it sure. They're two different people right now. Like I'm just going with it. <laughs> Peter, did you have any topics for us?
2: I liked the carry like they showed the continuation of Job and his marriage. I think the dynamics between him and the wife weren't really on display. I'm hoping in future episodes when that gets resolved it, it will be better. I know last week Nick had mentioned that he preferred their interactions on, like, Parks and and I can see that. There wasn't a lot, I think, of chemistry necessarily. I got more of a kick out of the fact that I knew that they were, at at the time, a real relationship versus what they were creating there. But I thought it was funny that he's into her. Like, he has these ways to potentially get out of it. He doesn't. He says he wants to get a divorce, but he doesn't ask her to divorce him when he kind of has the escape routes to do that and he starts wearing bright sweaters for her and that was that was funny so that you kind of see The sentimental side that he has with her for some reason, I thought that was amusing. And I was 95% convinced that he was going to be mistaken for a prisoner when he went to visit his (laughs) dad wearing a bright orange shirt just because those prison guards and stuff don't seem to have their act together. And I just was like, he's going to get like mixed up because I thought it was too weird of a coincidence that he was literally wearing orange, but... He he was able to leave safely.
3: I thought he was gonna get shanked again.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> white power bill is dead, so we're
1: good there. But yeah, no, Joe was definitely wearing some uh bright pastel colors in this.
3: He was even wearing, like, white slides.
1: <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> He's a married man now. He's got to gotta change things up. I like how throughout the episode, they
4: brought up, like, ten, like commandments. It's not right commandments, but, like, Thou shalt protect thy father and honor no one above him unless it beeth me, my sweet lord. Or, Thou shalt not make up my name in vain.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those were... Commandments that didn't make it down the mountain, right? <laughs> that yeah, it was funny. Yeah, I think, and it was funny that Job starting the first reference to the Ten Commandments when Lindsay was saying that she was getting it removed. It all kicked off with Job saying, "What is it with this insane moral code of this family?" Which is hilarious because this family does not have a moral code <laughs>
1: whatsoever. Let's go back to Charlie. Charlie, did you have any more topics you wanted to bring up?
3: I did like when she got, I think Gio mentioned this, but um, how she got sprayed in the face and was actually like, you know, impaired. <laughs> I thought that was a good little add to that because, you know, Michael was so convinced like, oh, she can't, she can see, she can see. So for that to happen and like, you know, check a book at her face, I thought that was a good little like gotcha for Michael.
2: He had this grand like reveal that he wanted to do in the court thing and then it just like blew up at his face. That yeah, was like
3: that's that's my plan. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was a good little little way to kind of make up for the fact that we all knew that she could see. It's like we all knew, but he didn't. So it felt kind of
1: like fourth wall in that degree. You know, a good like double reverse there and uh, this time i was actually uh, wondering since justice actually is blind and then she was blind as well how did she get to court smell oh for the end (laughs) yeah at the end like did she have a cop driver there i'm
2: sure there was resources she just smelled her way there (laughs) it doesn't really matter i thought it was funny when they were revealing just how far her her lie about being blind went after it was revealed how like she used fake blindness to like cheat on the L stats because she had a reader that was and she could see the answers and like and because he wasn't like hiding a thing. And then she just continued to use it throughout her career to gain sympathy from judges and jurors and stuff. And it's it's a very elaborate long game that she was playing. And that was funny.
1: Speaking of long game, like early in the episode when she like after she sleeps with Michael, she mentions that that's the second most unethical thing she's done. And then it's later on when she makes that reveal that uh, that's the most unethical thing. So that's another like callback to an earlier reference.
2: Yeah, and it was just funny watching her pretend not to see Tobias in her house <laughs> and just all their interactions in him. Trying thinking that he was trying to blend in and spraying himself with her perfume so that she couldn't smell him. It, that was a that was a pretty funny scene. The reverse cat and mouse.
1: Yeah, that was definitely some of uh, Tobias's best folly in the series by far.
4: He's like flopping upside down going crazy
1: over there. Uh, David Cross got to move around. He got to be very kinetic in this episode. <laughs> he really is nimble like a cat.
2: It's also funny, Buster is getting very uh, concerned about George Sr. coming back because it showed that, like, when George is originally retiring, he was like, gave kind of like Buster an ultimatum, like, telling him that he hopes he enjoys tonight because he wasn't going to spend his retirement watching him wipe his nose on his sleeve. <laughs> yeah, that was very threatening of him. And then was just like, I can't breathe. And he's like, <laughs> I can't either. Like their dynamic was pretty funny. And it and was it- even more funny when he came back and he was like i'm not going anywhere you're the one who's staying but not me you and i'm like well if you're not going anywhere you are also staying put so that didn't really make sense but that was
1: funny but it's funny and lucille's like what's gotten into you have you had cheese and he did have grilled cheese earlier he had like 500 <laughs> grilled cheeses they were just feeding them
0: yeah man uh the buster edge on the this episode definitely uh bumps it up a little bit. Um, I love Buster, and he's really well played in this episode. Like, he's an informant, and he gets in, and it's just Buster, and he doesn't know
2: anything. Every time he talks, he leans into the mic. He came back home with a black statue with an erect penis. It stayed in the living room until my (laughs) aunt objected. It's like, okay. Very helpful.
3: I knew I was going to have a fun weekend with Mother. <laughs> and also, another thing that pushed
4: Buster to the breaking point and going to becoming an informant with Onion throwing threats around like it's nothing. It's like, he talks now, and now he does, all he does is threat.
0: Did you call him Onion?
4: <laughs> Onion. Whatever. Onion. Onion. You said it a little quick. I I I can see when it occurred. It yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
1: his name is Onion.
4: Then we'll switch it to his name is Onion now.
2: That's racist.
1: (laughs) It is kind of. But yeah, no, they definitely have a contentious uh, brotherly sibling relationship there.
2: Yeah, I mean, they already established that he was jealous of Anyang to begin with, so I thought that was funny. And I almost felt like his English was he gotten a little better too when he was threatening Buster. So that was uh, was interesting. It leads you to wonder where this on young storylines gonna go especially with the reveal from i think a couple episodes back that all the money that uh lucille inherited from her mother's death was put in a trust for him until he turned 18 and it was revealed in like the post episode things that he was already 18 i'm curious on what this storyline is going to be i don't really remember from the first watching so you are gonna
4: have
1: to wait and
2: find out
4: when joe finds tobias on the couch He's reading some kind of bridal magazine. I don't know why, but he's also wearing fur, even though Lindsay probably did a protest
1: about it or something. She's very inconsistent with her uh, fur protests, unlike Elaine in Seinfeld.
2: Yeah. I thought it was funny how they <laughs> mentioned about all our protests, and when um, I think. I don't remember if it was this episode or the last episode when George Michael was a little confused. I think it was the end of last episode when she said that she was going to be going to like help a fundraiser for like a sick child. And then at the end, they they found out that it was her. But that was a good tie back as like I mean, she wouldn't be into fundraising because that's her mom's thing. And her mom just literally does that for anything that she sees.
1: Maybe's into it when she's the one getting the money she's a good uh a con artist
3: i do hope we see more maggie because it the way it ends it feels like we're going to just with that like kind of last kiss kind of like no don't go away type of the like, come back give me a kiss type of thing but yeah i hope i hope we see more of her i really liked her character i know she's been uh removed from the case so maybe that's a little way that we can see maybe a relationship form or that's just kaput for for her since she has nothing to do with the trial anymore but i don't know i really liked her character
1: i know buster was definitely upset that she was removed from the trial no more grilled cheese sandwiches i hope they didn't injure a
4: poor dog for this episode because it looked like this dog was like running into doors was it actually (laughs) blind was it actually blind it looked like it was actually blind it ran into a trash can in the dock or whatever bucket that was fell right in yeah
2: i thought it was funny when uh barry was talking about he had a date with a woman who actually had two jobs which i'm assuming is he thinking a hooker and a police officer because he got busted for, I'm assuming, solicitation. That was... Humorous, And again, the series of misunderstanding stuff continues with this when Job, which apparently he used his sleight of hand skills as a magician, to swap out the files to see what the state had against George Sr. for evidence, thinking that, oh, they have all this stuff. When in, you you learn afterwards, when uh, Maggie and Michael were talking, that it she was trying to manipulate him and those weren't really the evidence that they had. She was trying to kind of like con him into getting like, giving her some more evidence and then you see job talking to um, his dad in the he's like oh if they have this we have to do whatever to conspire against them or whatever and i thought that was funny and job was trying to like one up michael and his parents eyes because he was like he was just gonna give this back to her and i stole it for you dad and he and like he was talking talking bad about michael or whatever and george and lucille were like we did something right with michael or whatever and Jeb was just like extra defeated (laughs)
1: job just wants his family's love but yeah the the one time job actually like is successful with a quote-unquote magic trick not that not that this was a trick but like his sleight of hand which was like horribly done like horribly executed as you saw him like go through all the papers but he was successful in getting the paper without anybody noticing Uh, unfortunately it was a trick against him
2: and I also liked it when he, when Michael was like trying to protect George Michael. He's like, I'm not going to have my son abuse the legal system like the rest of this family. After all, we're going to need it for years to come, which is true. Did
1: anybody notice what it said on the banner that Shirley had? It said, Shirley Funke, rolling for treasurer. I would run for it, but I can't. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Wonderful.
3: That's great. BS. BS is what it
0: is. (laughs) What does this stand for? I don't know. It's BS.
3: (laughs) What was the chant at the end? No more BS. Yeah. All
1: right. Let's see. Let's jump over to our frozen bananas. This is where we rate the episode one to 10. Let's start with our guest, Nick. Nick, what are you giving this episode?
0: Yeah, I love these episodes. I'm so glad you guys invited me on for these ones. Uh, I think this is a top tier episode for sure. I'm going to give it another another 9, honestly, I think. Uh, uh, if you guys remember from so far back as a week ago, when I was on previously, it was hard for me to recall, but I gave that one a 9. This one is just as good, funny continuation. Uh, maybe even a little bit more. But the show does get even funnier, so I gotta gotta gauge. So yeah, I'm giving it another nine.
1: All right. Excellent. Let's jump over to Geo. Gio, what do you got for us? I'm gonna rank this a solid eight point seven. A ah, huge jump up from six point five last week. Yeah, I like this episode. It's good. Eight point seven. Excellent. And Charles W. Chuck Noel, what do you got for us?
3: <laughs> okay, I know I said I liked the last episode more, but honest, honestly, they're both neck and neck, so this is also going to get an 8.5 out of me. All
1: right, very good. And that brings us to Peter. What do you got for us?
2: I, too, said earlier that I liked this episode a little less than... The last one, I think I'm going to kind of stick to it. I still liked it, just not as much as the last episode. So I'll give it an 8. It's a it's dropping from 8.5 from last week to 8 this week. But still, overall, a very good episode.
1: All right. And I actually agree with you, Peter. I'm going to give this one a 7.5. It's still a solid 7.5. But uh, I definitely liked the previous episode better. The whole Maggie timeline is is great. But yeah, 7.5 for me. Fun episode. And looking forward to what's next. Next week, we will be discussing the episode, which is titled Best Man for the Job or, depending on how you pronounce it, best man for the gob. So that is the episode we'll be doing. Let's see, before we go, I would like to thank Nick for returning for a second week in a row. Nick, it has been a pleasure having you. And Gio, Peter, Charlie, it is always a great time discussing Arrested Development with you. All right, everybody. Anyong. Bye. Adios. Peace out. (laughs) Hey, fun uh, fun news. This episode came out on my birthday in 2004, so that's pretty exciting, huh? Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What was I doing on that day? What was I doing? You know what? That Actually, that is the day. That was an awesome weekend for me. Uh, I'm going to go on a little tangent here. I, on Friday, I saw... Miracle in theater. It, like it was me and one friend and that was it in the theater, So That was fun on Saturday. Uh, too
2: bad you only had one friend at the time.
1: That's right. Right. <laughs>
2: Nerd.
1: Oh, shame. All right. We're ending this. No, but uh, <laughs> on Saturday I got the championship winning goal, which was a horrible shot, but uh championship winning goal against one of my best friends in a hockey game. So that was fun. And then that night, I saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in theaters, going in blind. That was an excellent experience. And then on my birthday, my friend Matt and I went to see Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. So How do you remember fun. all this? Because that was a, an excellent movie weekend. <laughs> you, you don't just forget excellent movie weekends, Geo. I forget everything. <laughs>
4: yeah, so same it was like dude. <laughs> one of his
2: Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is one of John's favorite. Yes, yeah, one movies. of John's favorite movies. Yeah. And then there's a hockey is. thing. John was enjoying his triumph over his friend which is why he could only get one friend to go with him to the other movie because he likes beating his friends at games competitive bastard (laughs) no debate no debate all right